on this episode of EdTech, we talk about selling directly to end users by manufacturers, brand loyalty, whether or not Infocom should be educating high school students about AV, and VR in the classroom. All that and more, next on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 46, recorded Tuesday, October 18th, 2016. Write your own code. EdTech is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Daylight. This is EdTech, your monthly podcast for education and higher ed related tech. I'm your host, Bill O'Donnell. I'm joined by Mike Tomei. Hey, Bill. How are you? Hey. Good. And Mr. Ernie Bailey. How are you, sir? Bill, I'm doing great. That's good. So uh, we've got some of our topics here. Uh, the first one I'm going to start off with is an interesting bit. Um, I'd say it's a little bit of a, a, a misleader of a headline, but it's still a good one. Uh, that is um, Commercial Integrator did an article with uh, Dave Labuskis in which he said direct to consumer products might actually be good for, for things. Um, I read the article. Uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's, it's, I, I took it away as it's, it's partially true, but even Dave said, you know, we're talking like one in 10 products. Um, you know, it's, I'm not going to lie. There are some things that I think uh, are, are true about that. I mean, you know, look at how uh, Apple put out the iPad and, you know, for the longest time, Crestron, AMX, uh, even Extron were very big on their touch panels. And now, you know, pretty much all of them have said, oh, yeah, you want to use an iPad? We can we can work with that. We can do with that. Um, Ernie, what do you say? Well, uh, I mean, we all like to see out-of-the-box stuff work, but... <clears throat> You know, as you've mentioned, maybe one out of 10 times, uh, you have to have a very generic system to make those kind of things work. You still need the programming behind it uh, to, re to really make a good AV system. Well, and, and you're right with that one in that <clears throat> um, there are some things like, you know, there are some stuff that they, they, you know, every now and then you have like folks like Extron who go and say, oh, look, here, it works right out of the box. Well, right. it, it does, but... If you want it to be kind of plug and play or here you go, you need to have yeah. a little bit more more oomph or a little more programming into it. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, we see that. We're always hearing that, you know, uh, Crestron's newest package does not require programming. You just plug your devices into it and it figures out what it's going to do. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, it figures out what it thinks you want to do. But if you want to make it really do everything and anything for your system, you still need to go in and write your own code. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we've heard about it. Yeah, you know, uh, you can it, take an iPad app and run your AV system. Well, if you've written your AV system, take the iPad. You know, it's it's not really plug and play at that point. It's still... Uh, requires customization. Oh, yeah. Mike, we, you want to weigh in on this? Yeah, I think um, this conversation comes up a lot often over the years of how uh, manufacturers are selling to uh, eventually getting product to the end users. 
Um, and, you know, AV industry has really been big on their dealer model for many years. And um, it seems like the manufacturers are, are really now um, starting to be comfortable going around the dealers for a lot of items. Um, I mean, over the years, we saw a lot of manufacturers like Panasonic or NEC that were like traditionally dealer only, um, all of a sudden popping up on these uh, big box websites like B&H maybe uh, or Full Compass. Um, all of a sudden, you're seeing them selling some of their products on there. Um, they still have certain certain uh, projector lines or product lines that they um, sell through dealers only, but um, that's becoming uh, fewer and fewer lines. You know, you see a lot of these on these sites now, um, so they're kind of going around the dealers, and um, especially uh, troubling maybe when you see um, your quotes come in from your dealers for projects, and then you look at B and H, and the products are cheaper there. Um, so that really shows you that these manufacturers are not really valuing the dealer models like they used to, maybe. Um, so yeah, the well, I'll I'll back you up on this one uh, yeah. in the fact that NEC um, still offers like the Star Student program, and every now and then uh, we'll have uh, integrators come in, you know, and they'll if it's a bid project or something like that, and they go, you know, you should really sign up with us because you know that Star Student program is is ending soon, and I go, uh huh, really, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to take that in mind, but yeah. it's it's them trying to still create revenue. Now, is, does that mean that you know NEC is cutting them out of the picture? No, but they they know um, that. Listen, if they cut a better deal with the education folks, you build brand loyalty. And I won't lie, on campus we're pretty much entirely an NEC house. Um, you know, yeah. it, it's it's just building brand loyalty with that one. But go on. Yeah, I think over the years the manufacturers are really. Um, uh, targeting directly targeting the end users more now by, uh, for example, creating marketing reps that um, target uh, uh, educational institutions only, um, mm -hmm. kind of going right around the dealers there. So you have direct contact with the marketing rep from the manufacturer. And then also a lot of them are implementing these um, system design services uh, where the end user can contact them directly and, um, and get system design uh, not going through an integrator. So um, I, I think a lot of that just kind of shows that the manufacturers are really um, are it's, just fine going around those dealers sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's um, for example, I know uh, Extron, they're very good at their stuff. They will offer a design system. Uh, I happen to know some of the folks um, at a, a Ivy League school uh, a little bit south of here that uh, they do exactly that. They're, you know, they, they pitch the stuff to Extron and I said, hey, uh, we have this specialized room, we want to do X, Y, and Z, and then Extron went, sure, no problem. Here you go, yeah. here's the design. And, you know, they're doing all the programming in-house, which is great, but, you know, if you hear that from an integrator, you're just going, oh, well, that's the, you know, uh, as I say, there, there, went all my, there went all my money. But at the yeah. same time, it's a manufacturer saying here, we're we're not we're we're trying to get away from the idea of just here's some great boxes here you go it's more of here we're we're trying to offer you solutions and I think that's I think to a certain degree that's really more of the point of of trying to go direct to the consumer it's not we're we're just going to sell you a we're going to sell you a box it's here here's the complete solution here's the complete care and yeah. you know that's that's I think that's that's more of what uh, Dave might have been getting at more than just you know oh here we're going to sell directly to the folks it's not like you're going to see you know you're not going to see a Crestron uh, well you're not going to see like AMX t selling directly on like Amazon I mean if you do right. it's probably through like a, 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 yeah <laughs> yeah so 
Yeah, and I think too. Also, um, you know, Crestron is making a big push with their .AV framework, um, saying no programming needed. You know, uh, you can configure it. Uh, you can configure your touch panel and your, your basic switcher out of the box, and um, you don't have to be a uh, hire a programmer. Um, that probably angered a lot of dealers that have been uh, making a lot of money on Crestron programming over the years and and really pushing Crestron's products for them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but Crestron's making a really big push with that now, and and others have too. It's not just them. Um, other, you know, Extron was always really big on the uh, configuration versus programming sort of thing, and um, so it's they're really comfortable kind of giving the end users pre-made programming now. Oh yeah, no. The, the, go ahead, Ari. I was gonna say that kind of goes back to you know where we started on this, uh, in that yeah, it will work without programming. You can use the AV net. Um, and put your system together, but it's not a customized package. It's not designed for your space. It doesn't. It's not looking at your users' needs. So you still need that. Uh, and we kind of do a hybrid. You know, we don't buy the big AV products from CDW or BNH or Full Compass like that. We still go to a dealer, even though we have our own integration team, our own programmer. I still prefer to deal with a dealer. I'm willing to pay a little bit more. And I have a little bit better network if something fails. I have a network I can go back through and say, here, you take care, get this back to the manufacturer, get me an advanced shipment one. Yes, for some of the products, I can call the manufacturer and do it direct. But generally, they still want to know who you bought it from. Yeah, it's 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 good in the it's good in the because we've had it where we tried to RMA something through uh, Crestron and it was like oh well we're gonna have to put this on wait and we'll get to you and they did take care of it. Um, however, some of the other stuff in which we've bought it from some of our known integrators because Ernie, we still do the same thing here. Right. Uh, we'll install the stuff ourselves, but we have a list of of vendors that we know. We talk to these guys and yes, some stuff every now and then. Uh, including a video conferencing unit, came dead out of the box. We yeah. called them up and said, "Hey, this has got to go back. This has got to get replaced." They, they did. They did advanced replacement, no questions asked. Just went, "All right, here you go." Yeah, we'll take care of the RMA. That's what we like. You know, uh, I like having a person who comes by every now and then and checks to see how we're doing. They realize they're not getting the engineering and the programming money they used to get, but they're still get. You know, they're still putting their markup on the hardware. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, all the, a, ones in the market are playing the same game with us. You know, so it's fair across the board. You know, we do, we've got several uh, integrators that, like, we're using them as box houses, but we're using them as uh, enhanced box houses, if you will. Like yeah. they, you know, I I don't have to call a manufacturer that I'm not familiar with and say, how do I get a demo of this product? I can call one of my dealers and say. Hey, are you a dealer for for you know X? And can you get me a demo? We're thinking about putting seven of them in classrooms, and you know I'll have one. You know the that dealer rep will walk in my door with a demo and said, "You've got this for two weeks to play with." And I didn't have to go out find the manufacturer and sign all these contracts or anything like that to get that. So, mm -hmm. like I said, we like you know we have a good relationship with our dealers, uh, and with more than one, with several. Uh, and we try to keep it that way. We've had some that, since we're doing our own stuff, they don't want to deal with us anymore. They're still friendly, you know, they call oh, yeah. and ask how things are going, but they don't respond to any of our bids because they they want to make their money on the engineering side. And yep. I understand that. If that's the way they want to do it, that's fine. You know, my feelings aren't hurt that they're not uh, bidding on my product. 
mm-hmm. uh, or projects, but uh, you know. Yeah, no, it's 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 a, it's it's making sure that um, that like you said, it's it's maintaining a relationship. We have a similar thing in which there's a couple of really good integrators that we like talking with. Uh, we'll buy products from, but when it comes to you know, we'll bid out a project, and you know, we've got like a school, we've got a renovation coming up, and we're talking about like 20 rooms, and they just flat out have told us, yeah, we're not interested in doing it. And I went, why? And they went. Well, you've already got the drawings. You've already got the. Um, you already have the wires being pulled by the by the GC. So pretty much, we're just building the racks and just terminating stuff. I'm like, yeah. They're like, yeah. We don't. We're not going to make that much on the labor. So right. in on the boxes. So it kind of. It's one of those things where, you know, we'll still give you a, a decent discount and we'll still do you know the the little onesie twosie projects, but you know big stuff we're not going for um and like you said it's 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 maintaining a a long it's it's maintaining a um a relationship status kind of thing and i I think that's how uh, a lot of uh integrators going forward are going to be kind of more maintaining their business is via not it's not always going to be a service contract so much as it's almost a a relationship maintenance right and uh you know as i say anyone who's seen the it crowd means you know uh, yes uh, where are you i'm the relationship manager what but it's now pretty much become an actual term. Um, so yeah, uh, that's as I say. So that that is that on that one. Um, the next article we got is uh, this was from Campus Technology, and it was um, Facebook's Oculus division, which Oculus was uh, acquired by Facebook, uh, are working on a wireless VR headset, which is kind of cool. Um, right now, I can you know I'm do you either of you guys uh, dabbled with VR? Truthfully, no, not not much in the classroom area uh, yet. Okay. Uh, we haven't either, and you know, I looked at it and I laughed at first, but then I think of all the different things in AV that I've laughed at over the years. Uh, you know, I go back. I've probably <laughs> used this example before, but why did daylight put a network jack on a projection screen? That's <laughs> so stupid to me. But now our help desk can go into a classroom and say. The screen is down or the screen's at 50%. You know, I need to raise it, need to lower it. And I don't have to send the technician to go get the screen out of the way or to lower the screen because the instructor can't find the switch on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, we can do it remotely and we can make sure it's ready, make sure the room is ready to go for an instructor walking in. So, you know, I think this is the same way. I don't see an application right now in our classrooms. But ah. once again, we're doing, you know, we do surgery training. And, you know, other things like that. So maybe there is something not too far in the future for us. Well, I can also, I can, uh, this one I can attest to. Uh, uh, currently within our art department, we're, uh, oddly enough, renovating our old dark rooms and turning them into VR labs. And uh, they installed a couple of these. Um, I don't remember the manufacturer off the top of my head. However, um, it's a wired setup. And more of the point was, you had these two um, kind of wireless, uh, um, wireless uh, little remote sticks, and those were the things that you would use to, uh, you know, pick up things or or move or what have you. It's essentially like having two Wii remotes. And uh, the thing was is that they also had to install two IR emitters, which you know you go, okay, well, what's the point of that? Well, the IR emitters would actually set the uh, you use that to set the amount of space that you would actually had to uh, walk around and move around in. Um, the only trouble is, is that because they're IR, IR emitters and they're at a certain frequency, 
because I kept saying, well, you know, please, I can go get a, a, an IR blaster from, like, say, uh, Zantac or something. And they said, no, 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 it actually has to run back to uh, run. It has to be a specific manufacturer and this and that. And uh, it turns out, though, um, we're actually having to set up uh, dividers between the uh, labs, which kind of throws everything into into a bit of a cluster because the dark rooms themselves aren't that big to begin with and they went oh here we'll we'll just throw it in everywhere and no instead we're having to set up uh dividers in order to block the uh ir emitters so that everyone has literally their own virtual uh playground so um so you have a virtual I... physical playground yes i have a, i have to set up physical dividers for a virtual playground um but hey bill what is, um uh, what department is using this uh, what department uh, is using these rooms? Uh, that is actually our art department. So oh, it's kind of okay. weird. We actually, yeah, we actually have it where uh, right now um, our our art department got this like I want to say like almost two months ago. So they're currently uh, using. I think uh, Valve had a uh, play has like a has like a, a VR simulation lab to play around with, and then uh, they're going to start building things. Um, Oh geez, back in the day I would have said it was Maya, but I know there's other 3D programs that they're that they're using uh, that they're going to use in conjunction. And the eventual goal is that they're going to essentially do um, like v VR sculpting. I know that was one of the plans that they were going to have. And then no, no, no. The thing that uh, yeah. I find interesting is that eventually, uh, I think the end goal is that they they will uh, shape or uh, sculpt the stuff being using a uh, using like you know a VR headset and then. Uh, port that pr port that uh, file over to a 3D printer. So it's one of those ones where it's really going to turn into, oh yeah, no, you know what? Like it, it would be it would be actually a kind of a fun thing for for on the AV side because it suddenly goes and says, hey, we don't have a plate, but we need it to do exactly this. Okay, put on the VR headset, and you know everyone suddenly becomes a virtual uh, carpenter. Right. So um, I can see some potential with this one, um, you know, and in, in Ernie's case, especially this, is, this will probably end up being especially true is, uh, you know, if, the, if they'll end up being uh, VR uh, surgery uh, training sessions and things like that or VR, um, as I say, yeah, VR surgery, um, things like things of that nature, possibly even, you know, uh, how do you help assist with a laparoscopic uh, um, surgery or something like that? I can. Uh, there, there are ways where I can see that can be augmented in the classroom. Um, aside from that, I don't know. I, I think it's just kind of interesting. Uh, I actually tried out the headset, and uh, that thing is. If you're not used to it, um, it is kind of funny because they give you like little earbud uh, headphones, which you're like, really? All right, well, whatever. I mean, you know, the, the audio file in me says this could be done better, but whatever. Um, however, the headset, the goggle headset, yeah, you, you can, I, as I say, I think the, the setup actually put me on a, uh, mountain slash cliffside and you, if you weren't careful, you really could get a good case of vertigo. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's still in the infant stages, but man, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely impressive. So, um, I, nice. yeah, me personally, I believe there's actually some real interesting, uh, growth potential for that. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, how do I, how do I, once again, building out physical, physical, uh, uh, dividers for virtual playgrounds. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, the next one, the next, the other article that, uh, popped up, this is from, uh, uh, Penswire. It's, uh, Infocom partners with Bogota's secretary of education to offer, uh, CTS classes or AV classes 
for uh, students in Columbia. Um, it's kind of an interesting uh, take, um, mostly in the fact that I know it's part of, you know, the general push right now is to definitely, you know, get folks while they're young. Um, it's just kind of interesting to see it at this uh, this uh, scope and scale and everything. Uh, Ernie, what do you what do you think about this? I, I think it's very exciting. You know, Infocom has tried for years and years to get into community colleges mm -hmm. uh, with their classes, and you know, very limited success in that. This is hitting uh, 10th and 11th grade high school students, which is probably, I think, a, a better target group uh, to get people interested and get them started uh, in the industry. And, you know, someone talks about when they finish their class, they got to go into an internship and then end up with a job after that. I think it's a great way to get people into the industry, uh, get, you know, let the students become interested in it, you know, uh, I can pretty much guarantee you I would have taken one of these classes, even though I was more leaning towards the broadcasting side when I was in high school. We actually had a TV studio in my high school that I was a director producer in, but I would have loved to have had something like this, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I was the nerd that loaded the 16 millimeter projector. <laughs> uh, Ernie, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head with that one. Um, I went to a college prep high school, but man, if they had offered something like this, uh, yeah, I would definitely would have gotten in because it's one of those just, yeah, it's visual. And at that age, everyone's very much in the here, check this out. And it, it's it's really kind of get them while they're get them while they're young uh, uh, maneuver. And um, I think it's great. Uh, as I say, Mike, what are your, what are your thoughts on this one? I think, um, yeah, relating it to um, to the school district in my town here. Um, they have some technical training classes in the high school there. They have a little uh, drafting uh, concentration you can take, uh, that sort of thing. But really, a lot of that gets um, offloaded to the uh, vocational schools that are in the area um, so that the high school students that go for to those vocational schools for like uh, auto repair, um, that sort of thing, they have uh, an IT program there. And um, I think it would be a really good fit in those schools for those students. Uh, at least just the basic classes and maybe just supplementing the um, IT training that they can get uh, there. It doesn't have to be an entire, um, I guess, major concentration in AV, but at least supplementing the IT. Um, so when they go into the working world and work at a help desk somewhere, they have some AV experience, oh. too. So it'll be a good yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it definitely is. Uh, in fact, uh, we actually had a couple of students uh, who have graduated from our uh, broadcast uh, uh, division, well, our communications school, and uh, one of them actually ended up uh, getting a job at CNN. And I was like, oh, that's really cool, man. How about uh, you know, how's uh, how's it going and everything? He said, yeah. He's like, I kind of got in by the seat of my pants because they kind of told me that uh, uh, pretty much uh, CNN was uh, is planning on hiring folks that have like a CCNA. Um, the, and they're like, the video is good, but they're like, you know, you need to understand the networking. So, um, relating that back, I think the, the younger you can kind of hook folks on these things, um, the better, it, the better it works out. Um, you know, you obviously in, in, uh, other schools, they are putting in computer programming, but it's nice to see, it's good to see at least, uh, from Columbia's perspective and everything. It's Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to start putting uh, kids into in, at least teaching them about AV, teaching them about how, you know, video signals work, uh, how this all relates and everything. And it's, it's just, a, it's, you know what, it's a better, as long as there's a focus on, you know, understanding the technicals and everything, I think that actually helps round people out. 
um, because Lord knows if I was uh, if I was at the public high school uh, in my hometown and you told me I had the option between woodshop and um, and, uh, you know, taking a, an, an AV, you know, a, a professional AV course or something like that. I'd be like, oh, my God, give me the TV. Um, not knocking woodshop because really there are times where I wish I was a better carpenter. Um, but that's what that's what you have community theater for. Um but you know, it's once again, it's it's. I think it's good in the fact that they're offering kids uh, options and everything, and it just gives them. Uh, it gives them. It, it's you know, it's it's something. It's it's something to help get them in, uh, as I put, at a younger age. So that's that's really you know that's really the bottom line of it. Um, before we wrap up, I do want to mention uh, something else that we had uh, going on with Aviation, and that is the Aviation Awards. Um, this is a first. This is a uh, first this year. It's uh, the 2016 Aviation Awards. Uh, I believe that can be found at aviation.tv um, or at the header of uh, this website. Um, by all means, I suggest everybody uh, go in. We actually believe have some things tailored for uh, tech managers as well as uh, integrators and the illustrious consultants. Thank um, you. Yes, of course. <laughs> Um, but that being, that being said, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things, uh, like I said, it's the first year for this. Um, it's, it's, it's a bit of an informal one. However, uh, this is definitely, you know, driven by the people. And I think folks should really take a look at that and really get into it. Um, that aside, Mr. Uh, Mr. Tomei, you have any, uh, you have any closing comments here? No, no closing comments. I guess uh, if people want to want to find me out there, uh, I'm always on LinkedIn, and uh, my website is uh, tomeiav.com. That's T-O-M-E-I-A-V.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Bailey, uh, I don't really have any closing remarks either, but you can find me also on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, fair um, enough. Uh, yeah. So as I say, as always, I'm Bill O'Donnell. You can find me on Twitter as well as uh, LinkedIn. I'm usually pretty responsive to both. And uh, yeah, so this has been, uh, as I say, this has been EdTech. We will see you next month. <laughs>